so I have to ask this question. You know, depending on you know what blogs you read and what keynotes you see, you'll see a lot of people say that email is dead and that marketers killed it. Like, what is your reaction when you hear stuff like this? <laughs> no, <laughs> that is my reaction. That, that's great. That's great. That's exactly uh, what I was going for. I, I just email doesn't have to be this horrible, outdated spammy thing, right? And that's where marketers, we kind of have, you know, it's been so successful that we've kind of overused it and abused it a little bit. Um, but it's far from dead, right? It's, it's just misunderstood. Welcome to Louder Than Words, the podcast inspiring creatives of all types by allowing you a glimpse into the creative process of the most remarkable people you know. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. All right, welcome everyone to episode number four of Louder Than Words. Uh, things have been heating up a bit uh, with this podcast. It's pretty exciting. We have we've had a lot of great feedback. We've we've done very well, as I mentioned in our previous episode um, on iTunes, and it's it's all pretty humbling and and like I said yesterday, very undeserving uh, so far anyway. But uh, the thing I'm really excited about is the type of guests that I have lined up continuing going forward. Here uh, today is certainly no exception. Uh, I'm joined by a true email evangelist in Justine Jordan. She's the marketing director at. Litmus, which is an email marketing software company that does testing and, and all these things for your emails based out of Boston. And she's really been a leader in the email space for a while now. Um, prior to Litmus, she also worked for Exact Target. She speaks on the topic all over the country. Um, and today she's going to chat with us uh, for a bit on how she does her job and, and what sending great email means. So Justine, how's it going? And thanks for, thanks for coming and hanging out with us for a little bit today. Thanks for having me. I'm always happy to spread more email love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. Like I see that you wear that "I love email" shirt. I've seen like in some of your uh-huh. uh, your videos, and I'm like, this this is awesome. That's a dedication to the craft, and I think people appreciate that. I get comments about it all the time. People <laughs> love those shirts. I have several of them. So, <laughs> where do you just just where do you get those shirts? Where do you get an "I love email" shirt? I I, I had them made. <laughs> You should just you should just brand those and start you know bringing them. Yeah, with we, the, we uh, give the them away at our at our conference. So if you love email, you should better come to the email design conference and get one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so how's it going? How's everything going at Litmus? How are you doing? Yeah, things are really busy. We're uh, I'm on a hiring spree right now. So um, the next by this time this podcast airs, hopefully my team will have doubled. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's isn't that super stressful? Uh, you know, just from from one marketing director to another, it, that's always. I think the most important thing that I could do it is day terrifying day. Yeah. and yeah. exciting, like simultaneously. And it's and it's <laughs> yeah, and it's so like it's so it's it's literally the most important thing that I can spend my time on in a day yes. in a day out basis is not only recruiting but the way I nurture them when they come in and and nurture talent. And um, yes. we actually just had somebody from our team leave and take a job at HubSpot. So that's awesome. And, um, you know, it looks good on us. It looks great for her. So, um, so now, yeah, we're bringing somebody back in and, and, and ramping up. So I, I definitely feel your, yeah. your, your, it's the, the best challenge. and the worst part about leadership, right? Is building a team, I think. It really is. It's definitely the most rewarding, too. So yes. I'll take that any day. Yes. Um, so first, <laughs> first, Justine, so for, for the people who may not know a lot about you, mm-hmm. uh, can we just provide like a little bit of background? So tell us about you, where you're from, you know, what email provider you use. That's a joke, obviously. <laughs> um, but just tell us a little bit about, uh, about you. 
That's like your sign in the email world. Like, what ESP? Do you, what ESP are you? Right. I started using Juno back in 1996. So <laughs> I really yeah, do I love use PHP email. Mailer. No. <laughs> I really do love email. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, I, um, I I'm kind of a transplant to Boston, actually. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I lived in Indiana for a really long time, and that's you know, I guess not surprising uh, given that I used to work at Exact Target. That I'm from uh, Indianapolis, but um, I mean, gosh, if you want to go way back. Um, I went to school for graphic design, um, did that for uh, a year, and then kind of like fell in love with email um, on accident once I moved m- moved over to Exact Target. Um, and so that eventually led me, you know, here to Litmus and, and the job at, in in Boston was that love for email because I started using Litmus back um, when I was building emails at Exact Target. Wow! So yeah, you're you're a true evangelist of the product. So wow! So you're 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 a Western girl, Midwestern girl, and you came out to to Boston. So describe because it, it for for people who live in the city, they they often talk about it as it's almost like you know it, it, it's it's the X factor that people extract inspiration from. So what is like the tech scene like in Boston, and what is it like to to work there and and, and to just be a part of that community? Does it add to your level of inspiration? You know, it's actually funny that you say that, and I'm going to have um, perhaps a, a somewhat like depressing answer to your question. Um, I actually am not very involved in the startup or the tech scene in Boston. I was very, very well integrated into that community in Indianapolis, and I found it very hard to do that here um, in Boston. I don't know if it's because I didn't go to school in the area. It could be because I travel for work a lot and I'm not here a ton. <laughs> <laughs> that could do it. But that probably doesn't help matters. Um, but I've found that almost like the richness of it makes it really hard to figure out where you fit in. Like you have so many options. There's so many meetups, so many events, like so many things. Um, and, and I've found it difficult, honestly, to find like a spot that I can really call home in that community here. Um, I, I think the other thing that's both great and, and, and maybe not so great is that the email community online is so strong that I'm drawn more to that than I am to like a local in-person community. Um, you know, we kind of joke in the email world that we're all just like this one big happy family. Like even the people that are competitors are like super nice to each other and like share ideas. And, um, so yeah, like I said, I, I, I really can't comment much on what's going on, like in that here in Boston, cause I'm frankly just not that involved in it. The closest I get is to, uh, I teach classes at general assembly and that's actually really great. I love being able to do that little bit that I can, um, to kind of help people fall in love with email locally and maybe even raise the profile for, you know, litmus, um, in that sense. So, yeah. So, so you're basically a true millennial. You are more comfortable behind the screen and email <laughs> than you are in person, right? <laughs> um, you know, and that's actually funny. I mean, I, I'm very comfortable in person, but again, it's usually not in Boston. Um, you know, I'm at events all the time. I'm talking to people in person all the time, but it's in that context of the digital marketing or the online marketing world, but for those in-person events, right. Um, that are all over the place. So yeah, it's kind of a funny dichotomy really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, uh, yeah, don't. Well, it shows in your email game. We'll just say that. <laughs> um, so, elevator pitch. Who's sure. Litmus and, and what do you guys do? Yeah, uh, elevator pitch. 
we uh, we make email better. That sounds really fluffy, right? But that's really the goal of the company is to build tools that help people make their email better. So the primary tool that we have that we're mostly known for is a preview tool. So we take screenshots of what your email looks like in common email programs and apps. So we can take a screenshot in Gmail or Outlook or an iPhone, um, all those places where emails kind of give you headaches to make sure that they look good. We also check your links, make sure you don't have any broken images. We have a builder tool that can help you build you know, a really awesome email. And then we have some really cool analytics too that tell where people open your email uh, so we can say, did they open, you know, on an iPhone? Do you need to make a, you know, responsive email? We can tell if they printed it, if they forwarded it, uh, geolocation around where they were when they opened it. So a lot of behavioral analytics around email that you might not be able to get from the platform that you're sending from. Awesome. And it's a great brand too. So, okay. So you alluded this to this earlier, Justine, um, kind of like what brought you to email and you became fascinated with it, you know, in your time, uh, when you first came to Boston, but you know, in a little more detail, can you describe the path that brought you really to email? Because you're not just somebody who works in the space. You're, you're really an evangelist. Like, you know, look up Justine Jordan on YouTube. Um, you speak on the topic all over the place. You really believe in this stuff and, and you love it. So what was it like? There's so many, you know, content is huge right now. Um, you know, you, you, you also alluded to this earlier. You're a graphic designer by trade. So, what was it about email? Like, what? Why do you love email so much? Yeah, it's. Uh, I joke that as much as I love email, I'm terrible at managing my own. My <laughs> own inbox is a disaster. I actually like to look at the you know emails that brands send me more than the ones that that people do sometimes. <laughs> But the, the thing that really made me fall in love with email, so as, as a graphic designer, as a print designer, I was designing logos, brochures, like direct mail pieces, whatever. And it, it became a little like frustrating or really a lot frustrating that I felt like what I was doing like didn't matter. I couldn't tell if I was making a difference for the companies that I was doing that work for. I couldn't tell if, I, if my message was clear to the people that read that brochure there's just no feedback from print design. Um, and I kind of realized, and this was a really hard realization as a, as a recent college grad, was that like I really wasn't as creative as I thought I was or that I wished I was. Uh, you go to you know, design school, you go to art school, you're surrounded by these crazy creative people. And I realized that I was much more like logical and rational and analytical than perhaps I would have liked to think I was. <laughs> um, which is a hard realization to make. And so I started looking at, you know, how can I take this passion for like brand and design and communication, but also marry it with my desire to have more of a rational reason or like an analytics bent to what I'm doing. And this is back before, this is like in the beginning of the internet days. So I think this is a pretty... I think today most people would really obviously say like, well, go be a web designer or something. Right. Um, but that really like, it was, I mean, it was a thing, but not a huge thing then. And so, um, it just so happened that the company that I was working for, uh, one of the branding projects that I was working on, I was working on exact targets logo redesign. And I knew a couple people, they were like this local startup that built this software that sent emails and like, what? Like software that sends emails, like, and they were tiny at the time, like kind of unknown, which just seems crazy now. Right. But, um, 
So yeah, they had this opening for an email campaign manager and I applied for it. It seemed like the perfect mix, right? I got to design some emails. I knew some HTML. I could code them up. I got to look at the like analytics and report on them. And then I really fell in love. I think once I did my first A-B test um, that was design related, it was like intoxicating to see how an email that I had designed, how my design work could literally like make more money for that company. It was everything I had ever wanted with being a designer, but with all of that, like rational, like this worked better, right? There's immediate feedback that told me that my, that this design choice was a good choice, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that was really it is I, that, that first AB test. And I was like, holy crap, right? Like this is, this is cool. Like I can, it gave meaning to my design work. It gave me that like immediate feedback. And that's still what I love about email today. Like not only is it a chance to, connect with someone on a personal level, but it's a chance for, as a designer, for you to get real feedback, real tangible evidence that the thing that you created is meaningful and is benefiting a business. Well, email is, is still the most measurable, uh, probably Absolutely. marketing yeah. activity. Like, you know, blog articles are one thing. Site content is one thing. It is the workhorse of the marketer's toolkit. It really is. And, and, and the thing about it is not only is it the most measurable, but it's also, it's also blog articles aren't really going in for the ask. Emails are much more targeted, campaign focused. And so you couple the analytics with the fact that you send out an email and you could actually increase a company's revenue or you could you can make a campaign a success for them just by an email campaign. Yeah, that sounds like the perfect road for, for somebody like you and analytical. And I'm the same way, like A B testing, I that that's the stuff like I get up for in the morning. It's just like, <laughs> I, I love it's almost like I, I love iterating on things and it's mm-hmm. like unless something is converting at hundred percent, I'm like, nope, we, we gotta test it again. <laughs> iterate and iterate, you know, the unless we're yeah. converting at hundred percent. So yeah. We're very similar in that regard, and and because like Litmus is still a smaller company, and you know, in comparison to you know some of the bigger tech companies that are in you know Boston, like HubSpot and things like that. But um, so you guys are still relatively small, and you're a marketing director, so you're undoubtedly wearing many hats. And I've actually seen you in a video before say that you refer to yourself as like a Jill of all trades, uh-huh. um, which I thought was super clever too, by the way. So kudos. But uh, <laughs> you're a Jill of all trades, so you have your hands in content and email and web and SEO, maybe even a little bit of design. So like, how do you, and, and I can empathize with that. So how do you, um, and maybe I'm asking this for myself. So how do you navigate that every single day? Like, what is your, what does your day look like? What are some of the most important things that you do? And how do you, how do you basically organize yourself? Uh, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Thank God. It's not, it's not just me. I, I definitely don't have it figured out. <laughs> um, and, and right now is a particularly, uh, like crazy time because, um, I'm hiring for a couple of roles. So I'm like literally doing a couple extra jobs, (laughs) um, while I hire for those roles. And that's the other tricky thing is, you know, I know you manage a team too. And so, uh, not only am I an individual contributor, but I'm also kind of a leader in the company, which, um, gets interesting sometimes juggling all of that. But I, sometimes I think I, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Otherwise I kind of thrive off of that kind of my hand in every single pot, (laughs) uh, mentality. But, you know, to be really honest, I think one of my mottos is like, I just fake it till I make it. Um, like I have zero marketing training or like the only experience I have is really what I've picked up along the way. 
Um, I've never taken a marketing course, you know, I mean, I've read tons of stuff online, but a lot of it is just, like you said, like experimentation, like innovating, like, I think the, the best advantage that I have is that I was my target audience. And to a certain extent, I still am. And so it makes, yeah. And that's, I think, you know, one of the things that I talk about so often is that you have to know your audience. And sometimes I probably take that for granted because sometimes I just have to look at myself. Um, so yeah, like I, I definitely don't have it all figured out. I'm terribly disorganized. I've tried like every to-do list. I tried Trello, Basecamp, like I've trialed every software, every app, like you name it, like nothing sticks. I still make like crappy lists in Evernote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually reading my notes for this podcast off of Evernote. So <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's the pursuit of organization that matters. I, yes. I'm going to like take your word on that. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, there might be one day. Like this week has been really email heavy for me. Like I've built, tested, sent like a ton of emails. Um, next week, I'm I'm on the road. I'm in Kansas City in Atlanta. I'm speaking. I'm giving workshops. I'm doing partner meetings, right? So I kind of wear like a biz dev hat sometimes too. So yeah, I mean, there's really no typical, you know, day for me, but I definitely have my hands in a lot. And um, balancing it is, like I said, I, I don't think I have that figured out yet, but um, it doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have your hands like in multiple different buckets like that, uh, you know, I could see how maybe that could turn into, uh, I have so much to do. I have so many different areas I have to master and it almost becomes like check boxes. So mm-hmm. like, how do you stay inspired to, you know, one day you might be creating content the next day or the next week you're preparing for um, a talk you're giving across the country. And then after that, you're working on something more web and design related. So like, how I find that super interesting. How do you stay inspired to, you know, find your muse to be able to do all these things and do them all like well? I I'm so incredibly lucky to have a team and a community and the support of both of those things. Um, I, I think it would be impossible without either of those. Uh, you know, both my marketing team and the Greater Litmus Company are both some of the like they're just the most creative, like forward thinking, like inspiring people. Um, and we really kind of lift each other up that way. And same thing with like, I, I know I waxed enthusiastic about the email community earlier, but it's, it's just so true. Like we're so lucky in that, that little dark corner of the internet, um, has so many people that care so much about it. And it's funny because we say that, you know, no one chooses email, like email kind of chooses you. And um, it kind of shows, and I think in that community, it's like this special group of people that's like, I don't really know how I ended up here, but I did, and I love it. So <laughs> I, I want, I want that on a t-shirt. I didn't choose email; email chose me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's lots, lots of t-shirts that I need to make yet. So that, and um, I like big buttons, and I cannot lie, or amongst my uh, upcoming t-shirt escapades. You, you got but... a future in this in this t-shirt business. <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> Email uh, nerd. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would, I would say that um, you know because I've always like I, I have a, a very strong affinity for other people who are marketing directors at smaller companies uh, because it, it is it is a constant grind. Um, you have your hands all over the place. Uh, you know, I've I've my my speaking schedule has 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 definitely like picked up in the past year. I would say so. Uh, but with that said, like. 
that makes like the communication I have with my team so much more important. Like, you know, you know, we use Slack and, and mm-hmm. yeah, I've used every organizational tool under the, under the sun too. Trello and Wonderlist and every mm-hmm. something list and everything that ends in an LY and an IFY that you can think of. Or IO, uh, don't forget IO. Yeah, or, or, or IO. Uh, but um, like, how do you feel, like when it comes from a communication standpoint, because um, I'll give my thoughts on this in a sec, but I, I want to hear what you have to say. Like as far as like keeping your team and, and everything growing in the right direction, are you a meetings person? person and it mm. go ahead I, I already know the answer so that's why I asked you <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm really torn on meetings like I, I I love them but I hate them I love how when done well efficient and um, productive they can be but they're also like a giant time suck and the unique thing about both litmus and my team is that it's incredibly remote so litmus is 40 percent remote um, my team is about 40 percent remote and it makes like time zone things sometimes challenging for doing meetings. So we rely a lot on Slack. Um, We're also Slack users. And we also rely heavily on Google Docs. And then we use a service called BlueJeans that's like video chat and calls. And that's actually really powerful too, because if we're doing something in Slack, if I am like IMing with somebody and we're just not communicating in the way that we should be, it's really easy to say, hey, let's talk. And then you just pop that like link in, you know, the the, the Slack channel and suddenly like we're face to face. So that's really, really handy. I, I do weekly check-ins with my team. I have a half an hour on Monday um, with everybody. And so they each get their own little half an hour. And we like, you know, what were you doing last week? What are you doing this week? Um, how can I help you? Like, what challenges are you facing? Like, do you have any concerns? Um, and so that's definitely a good time for us just to get that one-on-one, like, hey, how you doing, right? Because I know that there's a lot of times that I'm very inaccessible. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the important thing because I, I I identify a lot with that in that I I just I I I'm much more of a doer than talking about doing, but I also respect and understand the importance of like everybody needs to feel aligned and in communication. So what we've done is we've uh, we started doing stand up meetings every morning, 15, mm. 15 minutes. And you literally, you know, I don't know how how strict others are with it, but we literally stand up because if we sit down, it's so much easier to get into like, oh, well, a let's expand on this. Computer exactly. or, yeah. So and it's it's literally like what you just said. What are you working on? What what do you need me for today? What challenges do you have? And that's it. And yep. I think that works in an environment where people have a lot of autonomy and mm-hmm. people are very independent. But um, yeah, I hate meetings. I, I, I'm the same way. And I knew your answer, so I, I just wanted to get that. I, I just wanted to get that on record. <laughs> yeah, we we try to we litmus. We try to say we're a meetingless culture, um, but you know it's it's not always easy to make that happen, right? Because sometimes meetings are really great for certain things. I think you know with any meeting, it's important to have what you want to get out of it up front. Sure, sure. You know, and and as and as far as litmus goes, the I think the uh, the part that we've chatted about this a little bit in the past, and I've always found this interesting is you guys are bootstrapped, yes. and you've worked for you know when you work for Exact Target. Now that's a company that has had you know you know significant funding. Mm-hmm. So what are the differences in working for a company that receives a lot of funding and working for a company that's mostly bootstrap like litmus is which what are the differences and and which do you prefer (laughs) well let me be really honest and tell you that i would have never traded my experience with exact target for the world you know they taught me everything i know about email i say that i'll forever bleed orange um i i really you know they 
they're an amazing place to work. So um, I, I can't, I, I can't slight them too much, but yeah, ET did have tons. Like I think they raised 140 million just when I was there alone. Um, and then, you know, sold for, for two and a half billion, which I'm really bummed. I didn't buy out my options when I left, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. we'll talk about that in a, in a regrets podcast later. <laughs> um yeah, so you know the thing that got discouraging, I think, sometimes in that environment was kind of the growth at all costs mentality. You've got that, you know, desire from the founders and the investors to, you know, pay back that money or make a dividend on that money. And I was in professional services at Exact Target, so there was a tremendous amount of pressure to sometimes patch product problems with services and there wasn't much I could really do about it. And it got frustrating after a little while because, you know, I just saw this, you know, we'll, we'll build this thing to, you know, sell the million dollar deal or whatever it was. And you ended up making a lot of empty promises at the end of the day. Um, and that just doesn't feel good. Right. (laughs) And the thing that I really love about Litmus is that, you know, we're aggressive. We have growth goals, but we, uh, like our, one of our mottos, like one of our values internally is customer value before revenue, product before revenue. Making money is important to us, but we only answer to ourselves. And that just makes, it gives us so much more freedom to build a good tool that not only meets the needs of our audience, but that we can be really proud of. And I, I can't emphasize enough just like how good that feels. And it's just, it's just so powerful. Like it keeps me inspired. It makes me feel good about what I'm doing. Um, that's, I think that's it's interesting. A, the, the, the psychological effect that it would have on employees too, because I think that's yeah. something that many executives probably don't think about. Yeah. And so is that a conscious decision, like uh, 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 in in part by the ownership of of Litmus to to you know we we want to do this, we want to bootstrap this, and we want to grow this ourselves? Is that a conscious decision? Absolutely. Like from day one, um, our our three founders, they're three friends from Britain that have known each other since childhood, and it, it very much was so. Uh, in fact, uh, Paul Farnell, our 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 CEO and founder, there's several podcasts out there on the on the interwebs where he kind of talks about this backstory. Um, so definitely check those out, but yeah, absolutely. They, they, and even today he'll tell you that even the aggressive growth goals are just to see what they can build. Like they're having fun and they want to continue having fun. And the second that someone else comes in and tries to, you know, realign that, or maybe ask us to do something that isn't in line with those values is when it's not going to be fun anymore. So they're just trying to really enjoy what they do and build something that they can be proud of. And it's really inspiring to hear them say that. And I think that the entire company just really, you know, falls falls into line under that. And it that that's kind of sounds negative to say we fall into line, but it's it is. It's very inspiring to see them display that and to know that that's what we're all after. Does it make your job as a marketer though a little bit harder? Like, cause you've, you've sort of played in both sandboxes before, like when you have all those resources and, and paid, you know, ad budget, like, is it harder to gain traction? Like, how is your job in marketing different right now than it would be if you had $185 million in funding? You know, I actually wasn't in marketing when I was at Exact Target. Um, I was on the professional services side. 
Um, and so I, I don't have a ton of, of, of context, I think, to really provide a ton of like light into that question. But well, just, yeah, from, well, from the standpoint of, yeah. you know, being at a bootstrap company, do you find it challenging uh, sometimes to, to gain the level of traction that maybe some of your competitors do or, you know, get the exposure that some of them have? You kind of have to take a more organic approach yeah. to it. Is, do you ever, do you ever feel that? Is it ever a challenge? And how do you, how do you sort of, you know, uh, support that? You know, I I don't, and I guess for a couple reasons. Um, one is that gaining traction isn't this like thing we have to do because there's no venture funding. There's no one demanding that we have to grow like that, right? Um, we're also very lucky to be in an environment where we don't have very many competitors. You know, people aren't like chomping at the bit to automate screenshots of email clients. It's kind of a very unsexy, like hard thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, we're kind of lucky in that regard. But at the same time, Litmus has been profitable since day one. We've always been growing. We've always been profitable. And so I've never felt incredibly resource strapped. We're budget conscious. Sure. We try to make smart decisions with our money. But I've never really wanted to do something and not had support in doing it. So besides email, what's what's some of the more effective channels that you guys use? I mean, I know you guys produce content, so uh, it, it, I would assume email's got to be your biggest driver. Um, <laughs> so to kind of talk about like uh, the most powerful things that you use for your marketing engine to to you know get new users at, at Litmus. Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to being unusual in the fact that we're bootstrapped, we're also unusual in the fact that we don't have salespeople. Um, So we primarily sell through content. Um, And I even hate to say sell, uh, because really what we're doing is we're educating people about how to make their email better and trying to tie that into the usage of Litmus as much as we can. And so we're really well known and even sometimes confused uh, for like an agency due to all of that thought leadership, educational best practices content that we put out there. So that's our primary marketing tool is content. We create tons of it. And the way that we drive traffic to that content, yeah, is email for the most part. We have, you know, a decent sized, you know, list that we've built up very slowly and organically over the years. Uh, we also have had a lot of success with social media. We, like I said, the the email community is very active on Twitter. And so we've done a lot of advertising on Twitter to help build that audience. It drives a ton of traffic to that content that we're creating, drives a lot of content or traffic to email signups so that we can t- continue to build that list. So I'd say that content, um, email, and social are definitely the three biggest tools in our kit when it comes to building that audience. Yeah, email signups are the holy grail of internet sort of currency. Like mm, if, it, absolutely. You, you have to earn that. You know, you really do. And uh, The inbox is a sacred place, baby. It, it really is. Like, you got mm-hmm. t-shirt slogans all over the place. Like, that, <laughs> um, So I have to ask this question. You know, depending on you know, what blogs you read and what keynotes you see, you'll see a lot of people say that email is dead (laughs) and that marketers killed it because we abused the crap out of it in Mm -hmm. the late 90s and the the turn of the century and that email is dead, marketers killed it, you need to focus on social, real-time marketing, Uh, people don't look in their inbox anymore. Like, what is your reaction when you hear stuff like this? (laughs) 
No, <laughs> that is my reaction. That, that's great. That's great. That's exactly uh, what I was going for. I, I just, again, like there, there's data. I think those articles that you read that say that email is dead are largely coming from big media because they don't have anything else to write about, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or because they're trying to write a splashy headline that gets a lot of people talking. There's no data behind it. It's just all, you know, people just spouting off nonsense. Because um, guess what? Uh, yeah, social is great. It's a really powerful tool. We use the heck out of it. It's really successful for us. But guess what? You know how social media gets people to go use it when they've been inactive for a week? Email. Mm-hmm. What do you need to sign up for a Twitter or a Facebook account? An email address. So everything comes back to email, right? It does. <laughs> like literally like the marketing universe cannot survive without it. And it's not dead, but I will say that it's suffering from like a perception problem in, in some areas, right? Email doesn't have to be this horrible, outdated, spammy thing, right? And that's where marketers, we kind of have, you know, it's been so successful that we've kind of overused it and abused it a little bit. Um, but it's far from dead, right? It's it's just misunderstood. <laughs> I would say that too. I think anytime, first of all, anytime you hear that anything is dead, it's it's almost cool to proclaim that. Um, yes. It's it's almost a prerequisite right now of oh if I'm a thought if I'm an influencer I got to say some yeah yeah I got to say some shit. It's right like now. saying that something is the new black, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um and and I'll add that I don't think email is dead either. However, I do think that it's harder for people to possibly uh, you know get the traction that they used to because there's a lot of volume. But that just makes that that, that email's not dead. It's it's just more focused on quality and context right now than it ever was. And so I think so many marketers throw their hands up in the air and say, "This is this is this is dead. This doesn't work anymore. Our repurposed print ads don't work anymore in email." And of course they don't because people got berated with them for so long that the people who are still doing very, very, very well in email are the ones with a more humane approach and provide context, context and segments and personalize. And I think if they, if they, switched, if they switched up their approach, it, you, you, would, you would see that email is, is not dead. And, and it's, for us, it's still the most effective uh, it's still the most effective channel that we have um, for engagement. Like you said, it, it can drive everything else. New offers that you have, blog posts that you're proud of, campaigns that you're launching, events that you're – I mean, it really drives the entire marketing engine. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, and and I, <laughs> I'm glad you laughed at that too. So that, that, was, uh, that, was, that was the <laughs> response I expected. So um, I was just hoping not to offend you with that because yeah. somebody who loves email as much as you do um, – you know that that kind of question can can get us off can get us off course here in a hurry. So, all right. So, Justine, I I want to like I want to peek over your shoulder right now. Okay. So, um, you know, you hear a lot about sending great email from yourself, from Litmus, from the email marketing community. It's it's like the rallying cry: send great email. So, I don't really want to hear like like best practices per se, but I want to like peek over your shoulder and sort of get a little insight into your approach. When you're crafting an email or, you know, an email campaign, like what does it mean to send great email and how do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's it's tricky because we have a very, very discerning audience. Um, and, and the idea of doing email at Litmus is this very like meta concept where 
sending email to... <laughs> you know, we're actually going to keep this. We're not going to edit this out. We're going to keep All it. Right. We're going to keep it organic and raw right now because this just for, for people listening, we've already paused for 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 the ambulance once, so we're just going to keep this in. We're going to keep right. it real. All right. Cool. I'm just going to roll with it. Then we're, yeah, just roll with so it. We're, we're keeping it real right now. Email is an emergent process at Witness. <laughs> well done. Well done. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we're we're sending email to email marketers about how to make their email better. <laughs> so you can, needless to say, people judge us, right? Like if we mess up, if we do something wrong, we hear about it. People reply, they give a shit, they point out our mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little stressful, like I'm not going to lie. Um, we, you know, we have... Right now, I'm hiring for an email marketing manager, and so our process is a little um, maybe emergent is a really good word. <laughs> you know, it's hey, we got to send this email. Like, oh, 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 crap, we should write some content, right? <laughs> um, but generally speaking, um, you know, we're looking uh, at the we write an email brief for every email that we send, right? And at the very top is kind of like a, an ongoing reminder: is who's the audience? What's the goal? Like, what are we trying to do with this campaign? And so we start with that and keep it in mind for the entire thing. Um, so we want to make sure that we're, we're talking in the right voice to the right person, that we always have the goal of the campaign in mind. And we really just, you know, start there. Uh, then we write content. Um, it's all done in Google Docs. So it's a very collaborative pr process across the entire marketing team. Uh, then it typically goes to design and that could be just flowing it into like an existing template. It could be creating a brand new design. Um, it just sort of depends, but we try to rely as much as we can on like short, succinct copy, um, very value driven statements, uh, not a ton of words. Cause again, people have really short attention spans these days, you know, really clear calls to action. Um, I know I, that sound like best practices, but that's really just what works for us, right? We, yeah, we it, found that out through trial and error, really. It was, and it was definitely a loaded question. I realized that. So, <laughs> so this next question: um, You speak all over the place on email. You, um, you're a big figure in the space. Uh, I'm sure you get asked a lot of questions. So not so much from the point like, what's your advice to give people like to send better email? But maybe what's one thing that people need to stop doing? Or maybe maybe one thing that people are doing wrong, um, you know, what what advice would you give from that angle? I have two things. One, stop blasting. If I hear anybody use that word, you're not sending your customers, your audience, your beloved people that pay you money. You're not sending them bombs and rockets, right? That's what a blast is. That's so are, are you are you referring to just the term or the actual act of doing it? Both, both. Stop it. It, it. I mean, definitely the term. There's the idea of a, a, an all audience or a mass send where you're not doing any sort of segmentation is a valid strategy. But please, for the love of everything, like do not call it a blast. That just um, it's like it basically yeah, it diminishes the the entire the entire effort. It, it basically says like I don't care about what I'm saying or what I'm doing. I'm just going to blanket like this message to everybody and and, and blast them. Like it's destructive, um, and that's usually what a, a blast is: is that it's destructive, right? It's disrespectful to your audience. Um, it's disrespectful to your brand, right? 
Um, so let's, let's stop blasting, you know, let's be a little bit more conscientious about the messages that we're delivering to people's inboxes. <laughs> and number two? Uh, number two is stop treating email like it's stuck in 1999. I know that we love to say that. And yeah, you, the, the HTML, sure. Maybe the HTML needs to pretend like it's 1999 for a variety of reasons. But your approach to email doesn't have to be that way. There's tons of cool stuff you can do with it. It's not outdated. It's not old. It's not stuck in the 90s. It is a modern messaging medium. It is very powerful. And so the more that we treat email like it's old and it's stuck in the 90s, I think the less we're going to help move it forward. And last question, and this one's usually always the hardest. Are you, from a creative standpoint, are you creatively satisfied? I think that's a wholehearted yes. Uh, I, I'm not kidding when I say that this role at Litmus and, and working here is my dream job. Um, I'm incredibly lucky. I work with a great team. I work in a great industry. I you know, have a lot of autonomy. We get to test the crap out of our ideas um, in fact, we were just talking about this today at Litmus. Like sometimes there are like too many good ideas. There's like almost too many creative people here. We have idea backlogs. If we stop generating new ideas today, it would take us like years to implement like all the cool stuff we've already thought of, right? <laughs> um, which is a, a great problem to have. Um, so I mean, a- absolutely. Like I can't imagine um, – you know, needing to have anything like that else in, in my life. And in fact, I usually need like a break from it, right? <laughs> <laughs> from, from any, yeah, from any creative endeavor. Um, Justine, you're, you're so fun and you're so awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming and sharing like you know, all about how you work and, and your thoughts on things today. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. You're for... so fun and, and you're so awesome. Thank you, John. <laughs> Sweet. This is just an, uh, this, is this what the email community is like? Cause I just, I need to hop into that if it is. It <laughs> is. No, everyone is just like, yeah, I think maybe because we do have to like write HTML tables. Like we're just you know, like happy otherwise. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. We're um we're actually gonna let Justine go because she has an OK Go concert to go to. So we definitely I don't do. we, we definitely don't want to keep her from that. But um, <laughs> Justine, uh, on behalf of everybody listening, um, thanks so much for sharing your insights today. Uh, you were so much fun. Where can people uh kind of connect with you and 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 maybe read more of your stuff or or just kind of reach out to you in general? Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously litmus litmus dot com. I'm Melodori. Uh, like the old Smashing Pumpkins song, M-E-L-A-D-O-R-R-I on Twitter. Or um, I just created a personal website on Squarespace. I feel like that's an advertisement, but I really love it. Um, uh, uh, but it's justinej.com is my uh, personal domain. So. Was, was justinejordan.com taken or you were just talking? It was, Oof, yeah. Rough, rough. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and I'm guessing justine.com. <laughs> I really wanted hello, Justine, but get this. It's another designer that like does speaking engagements like in the web community. Well, she better hope that you guys don't cross paths at one of these conferences, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Justine, thanks again. Thank you so much for coming. This was a lot of fun. Uh, for everybody else listening, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Um, if you like this episode, subscribe, share it with your friends, uh, rate us, and uh, please keep coming back for more because we're going to have uh, other real great guests just like Justine. So Justine, uh, have fun at your concert tonight. Thanks again. And um, for everyone else, we will see you very, very soon.